Hello, everybody. Hi, Rupert. How are you doing today? I'm great. Shraddha, nice to see you again. Nice to see you as well. And welcome, everybody, to our podcast, Unpacking Organizations. And this is the last podcast of the season. So Rupert and I are very excited to do this podcast as well as look forward to um, what we have in store for you next year. Um, but also, it's like really nice to have done this podcast with you. So thank you so much, Rupert, for being my partner in crime. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been a really great journey for me. Unpacking Organizations, the Practitioner's Podcast. Sponsored by OrgView. See tomorrow's business today. Maybe we should think about one topic, which um, we have spoken about as a red thread across a lot of our episodes, but not really given a, a standalone importance to it, attention to it, is that critical roles. And there's so many definitions of critical role. Every organization has their own definitions. And um, I know that in the workforce planning, there are so many other roles that get listed out, that pivotal role, oper operationalization roles and whatnot. But I feel that that overcomplicates things. So I want to stick to just saying that we should just have critical roles or non-critical roles in the organization. But even with that kind of simplicity, what is a critical role? And let's, let's unpack that today. What do you think, Rupert? Let's do it. Okay. So Rupert, in your book, you definitely have different dimensions of critical roles. Let's start with that, that what do you think is a critical role? What are some of the definitions and dimensions that we need to think through um, as we think about them? Cool. So I like to think along three different dimensions mm -hmm. um, and in a, in a, in a data-driven way. So I, I like the first dimension is impact and it's the positive and negative impact on the overall shareholder value and value of the, of the business uh, with the ability to execute the strategy. So what is that impact? And it's, it's hard and, and to go high, medium, low. I, I, I never like, um, <laughs> but if you, so how do you do it? So if you pick the most critical one you, and, and use that as your anchor, what is it relative to that? Interesting. Um, and and so for for your business and you know if you're in software development and the lead architect who's writing the code and you're quite early i mean that that might be the most critical right because if you don't have a product you don't have anything else in the engineering so you might say all that um or, or, or and then then you can track things relative to the impact and if you get it if, what is the kind of impact that they would have if they make a mistake and destroy something well it's it, it could be terminal or it's close to terminal, right? Or really, really meaningful. And then you can, everything's using a swing rating. You say, well, this is 50% of that, or this is 25% of that. And so that's just a way on, on that, on that axis. So that's actually really good. Um, I want to call out is that one thing which I just heard from you is that the critical role may not be the most senior role in the organization, like the most critical role with which you are now comparing the rest. So in that organization, it's the principal architect of a software code and not the head of the global technology department, yeah. right? And that is a, that's a very key uh, thing to distinguish. Um, yeah. Very much. And I, and I think when we go through the other criteria, it becomes even 
that point becomes even clearer. Um, the, the next one is time to productivity uh, or TTP, as I love to create TLAs, <laughs> three letter acronyms. Um, so time to productivity is, let's say someone leaves or you know someone's leaving, how long does it take and you can't replace internally, right? How long does it take to get someone external, so source them, recruit them, on, bring them in, onboard them, but then that they are as productive as the person who left. And if, if you take the architect's example, there's so much knowledge, so many ways of working, cultural, people, relationship, but also the code base and everything else. It takes a really long time to learn all that stuff. That, that takes years. And so you measure the TTP in months or years. And again, that's a continuous metric. Um, and the, the third component is how many different people and positions are there for that role? Because if, if there's a hundred and one person, if the impact isn't so great because you've got another 99. So it's, it's really, if there's only one and it's hugely long time to productivity and the impact is massive. That, that's an existential threat to your business. And you need to start working through mitigation stra strategies for that, that, which is not just about retention of that person, which obviously that's key, but they something can always happen to a human being. You've got their you know, proverbial bus they can be hit, that they can be hit by. So one of the things, you, that then becomes a, a business discussion around how do we mitigate this. Um, and so those three lenses, so this is a lot about risk as well when we think about critical roles. Uh, and, and, you know, and if, for instance, the impact is really negative from a bad decision in terms of reputational risk or delivery risk, or then, you know, you need to make sure that you're addressing those things as well. So it, 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 it's a risk lens, I think, as right. much as a talent management lens. I, I like that. I like that, that you're thinking about both sides of it, that how much of value creation happens through this, but also that how much of the value erosion will happen if this is not done right. So I think that lens of value erosion or mistakes and risks, sometimes we don't take that enough. Um, so questions that I just sometimes face is that, is it okay to outsource critical roles? right? Like some of the critical roles, like one of the lens that I've heard people say that if this is a critical, we want to keep it as a core and we don't want to outsource it. And that's why, again, in workforce planning, there's another role that comes in that these are my core roles. I'm not going to outsource them. They're not critical, but they're not pivotal, but they're core. So how do you think about that part? So, so kind of by definition, if you can outsource it, it's got a very low TTP. Mm. It's fast. So therefore, it's not critical. So let's give an example, legal counsel. Um, the impact is massive, which is why we pay less than our lawyers so much. But you, you get that wrong, you, you're putting a, a big contract together or a commercial, you're doing a JV. I mean, the, the impact of that is significant. Um, the ability, the, the time to go and source a, a, a law firm and lawyers who've got that expertise and whatever, it's very short. There's a, there's a very, very effective market for that. So outsource it. 
uh, right, particularly the complex stuff and whatever you use, you might have a, a GC managing all of us, but you know, the, so, um, and then over and over again, you, your brand is critical. You get the brand wrong, you're in deep trouble. Um, but there are great brand agencies who hire the best of the best. So I, I think, I think it's overly simplistic to say if it's has such a huge impact, it should be in source. And if it doesn't, it should be outsourced. Um, so I, I think there are other lenses that other questions around, is this, does this give us a competitive advantage and is this unique to what we're doing? Then you want to insource that because it's unique and, 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 and according, you know, to Porter's activity system and, and competitive advantage is having brand capability, giving us a competitive advantage, all these legal skills. No is having an amazing brand giving us yes. And we need to have the best agency and then drive through and maintain that. So I think there's a subtle difference and, and maybe people are just conflating those things. Right. And, and that terminology. And that brings us to the point that the critical roles should be in context of the business start strategy execution. So to your point, like is brand helping us with the business strategy execution or is just a good to have for our, business how is that in relation with our business strategy that is important for us to think through i think another question which i would say and maybe that will also go back to the same dimensions and we'll run through that that we've heard and at least i've seen case studies in which in starbucks barista is considered as a critical role because they are the face to the customer they create that kind of sense for which that the the Starbucks business strategy is supposed to be like linked to that for creating that welcoming and very homely, your mom and pop shop of uh, coffee. And, but then there are thousands of them. And so is that truly a critical role? And like, I, I'm just posing a challenging question so that we can unpack that better. But so what I, do you think I'm, about those? Well, I mean, it's very local. So I, my guess is baristas aren't traveling everywhere. Like you might right. have lots in Seattle, but yes. maybe not as many in Minneapolis, for instance. I, I don't know. I'm just plucking seeds yeah. out of the air. No, no, no offense to anyone in Minneapolis, but uh, um, but you know, and 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 then, but how hard is it to find them? Like, and it's is it critical from Starbucks from a corporate perspective? Probably not. But is it? You're the manager of each. Um, outlet, you know, I don't know what Starbucks call their shops, their cafes, I don't know what they call them, um, but whatever, you know, then it's critical for that. And you, if you get, and, and it's a skill, how long does it take to become productive? I, I don't know, but let's say it takes a really long time and they're hard to find. And it's, if you lose them, you, you, it has a huge impact on, on, on your customer, the customer experience, then it's more critical. Right. And it's, but then it, I would say what then becomes critical because you have to do that at scale is how do we, what's our onboarding process for baristas? What's our training process? Because at the end of the day, you know, you've got thousands of them. So what's the Starbucks way? How do you make it that a Starbucks barista is special? And that's then more how you think about that organization rather than saying, well, obviously they're important, but anyone that's in a customer facing role, 
is an ambassador and, and, and represents your brand and who you are and is going to deal with complaints. And so that's really, really important. But from, from this perspective of critical corporately in terms of strategy execution, I, th I think it's a subtly different um, point. And that goes to any such client fit like customer-facing role, which could be even call center executives, right? And for some organization, it is just one enabler and the other, it could be really most important role depending yeah. upon the business strategy. So I think I just wanted to bring that example to create like uh, uh, discussion. Yeah, discussion. Yeah. So I mean, I mean what, all we're yeah. trying to do is get people thinking. I Right. Yeah, I, I think at, at scale, I, I think it's useful to think the scaling of it. So if and, and another example, um, I, I was chatting to someone and they have 700 outlets. And, you know, each of their outlets, the, the manager of that outlet is absolutely critical. Right? And, and the, the amount of profitability you get from that outlet is, is, is really driven in large part by the quality of that manager. So, so to me, it is it is existential that you are good at hiring, retraining, training the best um, managers of of your outlets, and that you have methods and incentive programs and everything around that because they have such a huge um, swing. And and it's the same. I've I've got another client um, that's uh, is a runs a pub group and you know, the pub manager um, and they provide food and, and the chef, that, that, those are absolutely critical. So then your ability to build and understand the competencies that make them really exceptional and all the systems around them and the retention, that's critical, but that's doesn't fall under the critical role in terms of if they leave, you're really in trouble and therefore we need to be thinking about that. Yeah. At least the strategies are different, right? If, if there's 700, I need a different type of strategy than if there's two or three. Absolutely. And the succession planning, the pipeline, the talent pipeline, all those strategies will be different if yep. we have the number of So what are your takeaways from this, Rupert? Um, my takeaway is be clear on definitions as always mm -hmm. and what drives it. And I, I like to make the it continuous so it's relative. So I, you're plotting. Think of it as a as a scatter plot, a bubble chart. So you can see you can see them, and then the top right is the most critical. And as you move down to the bottom left, with the lens of scale, um, so visualize it, think about it, and you and you will find you will find surprises. Because to, to your point, Shredder, you know, it isn't the seniority isn't really the driver, right? Um, there might be a correlation. With seniority, I the more senior, the more likely you're going to be. But there, there's going to be lots and lots of extremely critical roles um, far down your organization, and and then thinking through, so what? What are we going to do about this? Right. 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 That, that's the other big. Absolutely. It's, it's all, just just identifying something does nothing. What, what is the action Absolutely. you're going to take? Right. What um, are the onboarding? What are the training? What are some of yeah. the? How do we make them productive and make their lives better? Yeah. Um, my takeaway would be that um, keep it simple. Uh, just do not get overcomplicated with who is critical versus pivotal versus core operational and whatnot. Just keep it like focus on critical and 
focus on all the things that we just spoke about. Shredder, I think we're done on that one. Mm-hmm. We've got our takeaways. Looking back over the whole first series or the first season, what was your favorite and most surprising episode or moment? I mean, um, overall, I really enjoyed doing it. So if I can say that what was my most surprising element was that I was very nervous starting it and I just was surprised how smoothly it flowed between the two of us. So that was really great. Um, I think I really enjoyed listening to you on How Whip because you know, I was just so excited about bringing it back and actually um, putting into practice that, yes, we've done org design, that how can we just talk about it and make it really work in a classroom setting or a conference room setting rather than just going back and doing it right away. Um, I was surprised people liked FIDRAM, the right sizing so much. I really got a lot of shout outs on that on my network. Um there was also surprisingly bureaucracy index was very, uh, very, very uh, popular somehow. It uh, like, you know, it uh, touched a chord with people on that one. Um, so how VIP, FIDRAM, bureaucracy index. But I think the most favorite was that are we the bad people? I yeah. think everybody enjoyed that one. Um, how about you, Rupert? I mean, what was your favorite episode? You, you, you stole my thunder. It, oh my it, gosh! It was, no, no, no. It's good. It, it's it's. Are we bad? I mean, I, that question probably made me think more, and that was a question from from one of our listeners. So, so thank you. And um, I, I mean, I'm I'm really pleased that some of the more technical podcasts like FidRAM, Howep, um, right? So, you know bureaucracy index um that people have got so much value from that and and which makes me believe that we're we're upskilling and helping people um become more proficient in this domain which is really what we're trying to achieve and and i just love these questions and and these you know these tough questions and with you know if you haven't listened to it um the feedback you know i think shredder and i were both very quite emotional and a little bit vulnerable in, in that um, in that podcast about are we good or bad people and the truth is sometimes bad and if you know sometimes the the work that is done by OD professionals has really really negative impacts on on the world and and I think it's important to, to reflect on that and to make sure that we do this work well because it impacts so many people disproportionately impact so many people. We have a duty of care really to do that well. And so with that in mind and with that passion, because that's a lot of where our passion comes from, we are going to do another season. And looking forward to the next season, if you have questions, please let us know. We're both on LinkedIn. That's a good place. Or you can directly um, through through the site raise your questions. Um, Please follow us and share. And in the next season, we're looking to speak to guests. Yes. We're looking to speak to academics, to practitioners, to consultants, to people. So it will still be Shredder and I, the two of us sometimes, geeking off on, on questions. But let's get some other perspective. So equally, you know, if you think you've got a perspective or you there's someone who you really think is quite inspirational in the space that the world should hear their voice and, and, and that you think would be valuable, then 
again, make a suggestion there as well. So, you know, very look, very much looking forward to that. But in Shredder, in the meantime, have a nice, well-deserved break over the holidays. I know. Thank you, Rupert. And same, same to you. I know you are working on really amazing passion projects of yours. So all the best for that. And I am really looking forward to 2024. I hope world will be a better place then. It has been a tough year for many of us all over the world. So I just hope that world continues to get better. And the world of org design continues to get better. The world of org design and the world in general both need to really get a lot better. So here's to 2024. Thanks, Radha. Yes. Thank you, Rupert. Take care.